Welcome, Earthlings. If you're gathered, you know what time it is. It is Alien Dad's motherfucking smoke break. And thank God that we have a smoke break today. Oh, my Lord. My friend, I have been doing and been deep into researching COVID-19. And I'm not just talking about looking it up, looking at symptoms, seeing what you know, the treatments are, like, I'm talking about, I've been listening to hours upon hours of different doctors that have been physically working, right, we have Dr. Peter McCullen, um, Dr. Robert Malone, I believe, these two that have been in the field, and there's other ones I've listened to as well, but those are the most recent, and <coughs> these two doctors who are talking about not only their experiences, right, their personal experiences that they have had with COVID-19, with being in the medical field, with dealing with this pandemic and talking about things are not right. (laughs) Things are not okay. And here's the thing, right? Working in the health field, working in the nursing home, I have seen the worst side of this pandemic, in my opinion. And the worst side of this pandemic has been what we have did to to the elderly, locking them up in their rooms for a whole year plus. One facility had their residents in their rooms for over a year and a half, right? Many, many residents died because COVID was being brought into the facility through, rather it was through new patients, rather it was, you know, they, they were being placed in harm because they were bringing back sick residents to the facilities and they were just infecting them. And then they were not giving them any pre-treatment. It was like, well, we just need to wait for the vaccine. And then we give them the vaccine, and guess what happens? A bunch more die because they can't handle the vaccine because some of them had COVID. And now you just give them the vaccine, and now we just killed even more of our population. 10,000 old people in nursing homes were dying a week in the beginning of this pandemic. Could you imagine, right? That That is 10,000 people's dads, grandpa, uncle brother, right, husband, like, do we not care, do we not care anymore, do we not give a fuck about each other, like, is that where we've gotten, like, are we just at a point in society where we're just like, you know what, I don't give a fuck that your grandpa died, it doesn't affect me, it has no effect to me at all, because it doesn't matter, it's not mine, okay, but what if it was yours, well, it's not, okay, but what if it was, <laughs> like, you fucking ignorant mother, mm. Sorry, you got to keep it calm. I get, it's really upsetting, and it's upsetting because I've seen it from that perspective of they're just old people. Who cares? Who cares that Bill Gates and his foundation and Fauci and Pharma and their corporate, like, who cares that they funded, I believe it was J-A-M-A, J-A-M-M-A, JAMA? Who cares that they funded that in another one? over in the UK, and they fucking killed at least, it was like 38% of this so-called trial that they did on 60-some residents, and I want to say, like, out of the 60-some residents, like, either tw- 31 or 20, 20-some of them died, like, good, I think it was like 31 died, like, it was a, it was a good amount that, like, should have never died, and the reason they died is because they overdosed them with, let me make sure I do not butcher this, and the abbreviation for it, so I, HCQ, hydrochloroquine, 
is what they overdosed them with. And they did it about two, three times the amount subscribed, like recommended that they've been using for the past 65 years that this non-lethal drug has been around. And now it's like being used lethally and then being told that it's, it's toxic. Yeah, because you gave it a banana is going to be toxic if you eat 42 of them every single day. You're like, you shouldn't have that much potassium in your body. Like too much potassium is going to kill you. But that doesn't mean bananas are bad, right? You, but that's the problem is we have such bad ideology. We have, you know, and talk like, let's go back to the first fucking podcast about the four agreements, right? If every single person in the world, like just thought about that concept about like any words I speak, I'm going to speak them with truth. I'm going to speak them with thoughts of caringness. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that what I say is honest, but it also does not degrade you and it is respectful, right? That doesn't mean that I'm going to suppress how I feel, but that does mean that I'm going to be mindful about the thoughts and the words that are coming out of my mouth. And I'm going to make sure that what I'm saying to you is indeed white magic. It's, it's going to boost you up. Even if we're having a negative conversation that would seem negative, my words are, are going to continuously be to the better, you know, I'm not going to degrade you. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to gossip. I'm not going to use somebody else's, um, loss as, as my win. Right. Um, and that comes with not taking things personally because I'm, I have to not take what you're saying to heart. And I have to figure out my opinion where I stand because if I listen to what you're saying and I'm and I'm allowing your words to affect me, I'm gonna start putting together an argument based off of what your words did to me because now you've distracted me and now I've bought into your words, your black magic, and now I'm cursed. And now you have ultimately deteriorated one one one. And that's what's happened, right? That's what happened. They used fear, right? Fauci, 100% used fear. In so many different ways, he, he said hydrochloroquine has absolutely no benefit that we can see. To, to like, there's, there's no correlation between it being um, it helping people not die from COVID. That's how he worded it. And he worded it carefully, I see, because to not die from COVID, like it, it doesn't, there's no really help. Well, there was no help because they were giving it to him as people were dying from COVID. No, at that point, no preventative treatment that should be taken days, days, of, you know, lots of steps before that person got that sick. That, that's the argument. The argument is why would we not focus on treatment? And that's where there's, I just have this really bad niche of this bad motive behind whoever is the puppeteer of everything that's happened. I don't know if like if it's Fauci that's really like I want this money it's bizarre if it's a money thing if it's really about 48 billion dollars it's bizarre that we're gonna kill this many people to do it it's like there has to be a next step people like there has to be something else afterwards there has to be what's to come you know but we can't I can't assume anything right I just I have to but I do have to pay attention to that and you have to realize, like, plans work as they unfold. And they unfold because you've planned it out. You've thought it out. You've, like, so if the plan is unfolding, how far does it keep unfolding, I guess, is, is the parallel where my mind wants to go. 
with all that being said, so far we have not seen that this act of not defending public, like just doing nothing, right? That was that was the move. Do nothing. Do nothing and suppress. Don't let information out because if people find out truth that we already know that we have went to Great Lakes, killed people, that's how great a lengths they went to. They murdered. They fucking murdered old people. Come the fuck on. You will never convince me that if Bill Gates had his, which it did because there's a source that you can go look it up. You can find this information and I would be happy to show anybody. Um, because, anyways, I, f- I feel like that sounded like really, I'm not trying to be crazy about this. That's the thing. I'm not trying to be crazy about it. I'm just trying to be legitimate and level-headed about it. They killed old people. I'm passionate about old people. So I have to be careful because I am passionate. But the fact that somebody can do that knowingly, right? They got to know. You got to know if you just killed 60 plus randomly old people in this trial that, because they did two, they did two trials. So you would assume that the 31 number would at least be doubled in the other one because similar results are going to happen in the middle of a pandemic when they're in lockdown. So it's like, it's hard to even go back and look to see who died because they were given this trial drug. And then it's like, all right, well, where else did this happen? Like, there's so many things that my mind wants to go to, but we have to stick to what we know. And that's what we know, right? That's truth. That's fact. That's, and, and the thing is, is that we've trusted. The problem is we've grown up with Google, we've grown up with Twitter, we've grown up with Facebook, and we've grown up with these, and they've become these these places of comfort, and that's what they've ultimately wanted to do. Any predator is going to want to make you feel right at home so that they can take advantage of you. Anybody who wants to take advantage of you is going to allow you to feel as though you're in control, and that's what those social media sites do. They allow you to feel as though I have control over this part of my life, because I can control what I say, I can control what I post, I can control who I see, I think, right, these these, these ideologies that we, we think are one way, right, and they look to be a certain way, right, um, but the reality is, is that we're in this very little box of, um, bright, colorful, (laughs) shiny things, and around the box is a very, very scary um, dungeon-like place that is fooling us, that's running the show behind the scenes, and it's, uh, it's making it look one way um, to us. And it's really a totally dirty, nasty other way. The fact that you would lie, right? And, and here's the thing. Fauci legitimately has said, and Bill Gates has also said, that um, HCQ, hydrochloroquine, hydrochloroquine, is not effective due to the trials because, see, they got the FDA to approve them. Even though other countries were saying, and doctors were saying, no, it's working, like, my patients aren't dying, like, I don't know why you guys are not able to use it, right? Like, there's a motive there, and it's like, what is the motive? And, and that's really where I want to get into talking about where human beings have, have gotten to and what is going to happen if we stay on this route and 
to make things a little more light, you know, what can you do about it, right? Um, I'm going to try to remember all that because I'm going to pause. So apologize if the next sentence that comes up is totally bonkers and off that topic. <laughs> okay, I'm back. So <clears throat> I ended with pretty much how have we gotten here, why, and where are we going? <laughs> because I think in this world, whatever you want, to solve a problem, you have to stop, and you have to look around, and you have to identify what you think is the problem, and then we have to go backwards, because that's how this world works. Now, it depends on how you look at time, because I'm going to confuse you, and I'm going to say that in this situation, we need to look forward. We need to look at what we already have seen. What has history already showed us? What is facts, right? What has been grounded in this reality with no emotion, no biases? What is the truth? And I think it's really hard right now to find that answer. Um, And I'm not just talking about with, like, with with COVID and what the government has done with this. Like, with everything. With everything. There's so many different levels that you could peel the onion on how have we gotten here. And, like, what's fact? What's truth? The one that I want to kind of hone in on that I think would probably be the easiest to identify, and it might be the most simple one, is love. (laughs) Uh, When we look back at home structures, when we look back on history, on the way Others chose to love others' beings. When you hear stories passed down about other beings that you're supposedly related to, um, what does that look like? You know, what are your stories? What's that perspective? Because ultimately, a lot of times, most families love each other because they're all, they feel as though they're all connected deeply more than others, because they've come from similar, they've, they've come from the same, the same tree, but what they don't realize is that all trees have eventually came from the same tree, <laughs> or some bullshit like that, right, so I guess what I'm getting at with that, what does love look like over time, and where did the shift go? When did the shift happen? And I guess it's like, figure out what you want to call the shift. I would say at some point, we went from, um, we really love people, and we really value human beings, human beings are special, right? And, um, to fuck human beings, like, I don't care, this world's about me, and I love it, and my ego is huge. So I guess, like, I guess really it, it, it goes down to, that's, I guess that's really where it could go to, is your ego. And if you, if you have, like, I always wanted to get this tattoo of, like, like draw up, like, what my ego would look like, like, my little ego buddy. And, like, I would make, <clears throat> excuse me, I would make him so small, like, I, because he's, he tries to be so big, I would make him, like, this little tiny dude that is, like, puffing his motherfucking chest, like, he is, like, 
seven nine is a god status, but really he's four nine and he's kind of chunky because <laughs> he can't have abs if I can't have abs or some shit. Because your ego, it wants to make you believe when you look in the when your when your ego's portraying you, whispering in your ear, telling you you're the world. Like, like you're upset. Like everybody should be upset because you're upset. So where does this break down? And I really believe we could break everything down to early childhood. If we really wanted to. Really wanted to. So I don't know anything about any of these politicians, these physicians, these scientists, any of these people's backgrounds. Um, The one that I do know about is Trump because I read a book uh, that his niece wrote. um, And that led me some insight on the abuse that he suffered as a child, which makes sense, right? So, basically, what you can examine from what happens in this world is one turns into two, and two turns into four, and four turns into eight, and it just keeps going. And we just keep multiplying, um, comp- like we keep compounding, and, and, and it's in everything. If you only have negative thoughts, if you only think about, if you only see the bad side of life, if, if you look around and you're like, Oh, my life sucks. Oh, I hate my life. Oh, I can't, can't even get off the couch because I'm just so depressed. It's like, yeah, your life's going to suck. Like, if you're like, if you like spill your drink, you're like, oh, I can't do anything right. Oh. It's like, bro, you just spilled your drink. Like, clean it up. Like, there's two different perspectives there. And when you have one of those perspectives, it, it, it prisons you to your own mind. And it doesn't allow you to think very far besides the things because what it, I think what it is, is when you attach, like, when negativity comes in and it, like, gravitates and it attaches to your brain and, like, it, like, mutates. It doesn't go, it doesn't necessarily go two, four, six. It, it like, it, like, does all kinds of crazy shit. And, and it fucks with your feelings. And it gets into your, like, adrenaline. And it makes your, like, organs change. And it, like gets up in that control panel, and it's like, let's do it, baby, woo, and you're like, I'm getting so frustrated, and everyone's like, yo, yo, I just, I literally was just asking for a pencil, but, like, I see you're having your own, like, it's fine, man, like, I don't need it that bad, you're like, I can give you a fucking pencil, bro, and, like, you're getting all pissed, and it's like, there's this thing inside of you that's, like, triggering something, and whatever that thing is, is undealt with trauma, so, I, I see that there's some cultures who really valued breathwork, and are still today, cultures that really value breathwork, and were more very spiritual, very, like, like-minded, they paid attention, they, like, they studied themselves, they were sure of themselves, um, <clears throat> and those people most likely had a far different perspective on the world that they saw. You know, and so it's like, what if, you know, because one thing that our cell phones do miraculously is it takes you away from the present moment. So when you invest in in, in these apps, in these social medias, in your cell phone, whatever, pretty much you think it's free. 
and I've heard this this example before, but this is what the universe is telling me to say. You think it's free. You think my phone costs me two bucks a week a month. But other than that, to get on it, it's free. It doesn't cost me anything. But it does. It costs you a lot of things. It costs you your time because you get stuck in sitting. You get stuck in, in, in the moment, right? So life is your screen is still moving. And you're just in one position. Even though you might be doing a million different things on that phone, the main thing you're not doing is creating things in the actual reality of the world itself. Like, you might be maybe constructing things on your phone that could come eventually into the world of reality. But the main thing that you're not doing is bettering yourself in the actual reality. That You're just sitting there. Um, obviously, you can use your phone for good, but I'm talking about... I'm talking about people who spend countless, countless hours on social media, just sitting there, just scrolling for hours and hours, and they're not moving their body. It's one thing to, to make time for that if that's what you want to do, if you really want to sit and scroll for hours and hours and hours, and that's how you want to invest your time because you like it, fine. But I also think that you have to incorporate the other things about being a human being it takes, and that's one major, major, major um, outlook that the health field does not have is a holistic approach. A holistic approach to anything that you do is looking at every single aspect and incorporating it into, um, so for example, um, for children, if we are going to teach holistically, that means that we are going to teach the child um, physically, mentally, we're going to teach them language development, social interaction, um, creativity, um, we're going to look at their culture, we're going to look at their home life, right, we're going to see what, it, we're going to look at, like, just the child itself, like, what needs does this child have, if I have a child that has no legs, that child has a lot of combinations physically, if I have a child who um, was premature at birth and has some type of a brain defect because of it, that child might have totally different needs at a different age level. Um, I might just have a child who's uh, just naturally really hyper. He's like, wow, there's nothing wrong with that. I just need to accommodate for that. We can see this, that, so I, I okay, back up, I figure, okay, sorry. Accommodating, that's the word I want, that's the word I want to talk about. That's something that includes that involves inclusion. You have to include others to have a holistic approach to make adaptions so that everybody can have an opportunity at the same obstacles, pretty much, is what I'm going to get at. Because if that child that has that physical or mental disability, right, let's focus on more of a physical one, and then if I need to go into a deeper one, I can. But we can relate this back to adults in any situation if you follow. So this is why I loved learning about kids. It makes me want to learn more about them. I said this another time too. I shouldn't say that anymore. So you have this child, one leg. Maybe he's working. Uh, maybe they're like three. So maybe he has some type of a crutch, a walker that he can get around on. Maybe he just scoots around on the floor, right? So whatever it is, they're probably working on a little bit of both. Maybe they're working on getting him used to the crutches at that point. But he probably scoots a lot. 
So if he's going to scoot around to get around or walk on his hands and his legs, you know, you have to think about that. So one thing is safety. That's a huge thing. So I would have to watch out for any sharp things, any corners, any uneven surfaces that he could get hurt on because they're not um, properly tied down or squared away. Okay. Um, I would have to explain to the children why he's doing that. That would be a huge social thing if everyone's like, yo, what the hell is up with Jeremy crawling around on the floor like a starfish? And he's like, yo, listen, Jeremy's cool. He just has one leg, man. He didn't get gifted with two. He got blessed with one. So <laughs> he's got to He gets to do this really cool move. And you might have the kids do a dance. You might incorporate, like, movement more often. You might encourage, you know, the child to do different things. What I'm getting at is you make adjustments. Rather, it's you open up space so that that child does never feels like he's going to be enclosed or stepped on or hurt or injured. And you allow him to be himself and to not have judgment anywhere around him. And if there is questions, it's addressing them. We can apply all of that to life. We can apply all that to what happened with this COVID situation. And that's pretty much what a lot of doctors have said. Had we looked at it at, at more angles than what we did and had open discussions that's a huge, huge, huge issue right now, is we do not have in-person debates. You can yell at a computer screen on a Zoom call with 48 people, and you can get pissed off and frustrated. That doesn't mean that your point got across. That doesn't mean that anybody took anything that you said. It just means that you outraged. In person, if you do that, you're going to have somebody else in your face. You're going to have somebody else maybe listening. Maybe everyone sits down. Maybe they could do different. It's going to be a totally different option and environment. You can't, we as human beings cannot do these, this technology. We are not that far advanced for it. Our brains, they, they, they get suckered into it. And that's the problem, I think, is where we're at right now. So what we did is through, again, if you look back in history, you look at the way families have grown, you look at the stressful, the fear factors that have been used before, right, um, and the comfort that, that was given, and then now it's taken, and now it's given, now it's taken, and this has happened. And so it's created trauma. And I think it's created trauma just for the human race because never does time just stand still. That's the whole ish. That's the whole game. You know, you can't stand still in Fortnite because the circle is gonna get you. There's a whole game about life. And and I think the problem is is we get to this like you need to settle in, you need to get comfortable day in and day out. It's gonna be pretty much the same. We get fixated on that. And so then when things start to change, we're like, oh, no, the boat's moving. It's like, yeah, we're on water. What did you expect? I expected it to not to be like a car. Why did you expect it to be like a car? I expected it to be like a car because we're going to sit in it. I, that doesn't make any sense. Yes, it does because I was going to sit down. Right, but the boat's on water and the car's on land and the car has wheels and the boat's in the water and waves and the ocean. doesn't. But, like, we're going to sit on it. Yeah, but that, buddy... That's a stupid thought process. If you expect a big yacht boat or a little fishing boat to be just like the ride of your car on an ocean or a pond, expect different because those are two completely opposite mediums that you're going to be sitting on, buddy. You know what I mean? And that's what's happened is we have people who expect the world because that's what they've been told, they've been promised, because they've been lied to, and because humans at heart 
want to trust and believe. And from very young on, they have all these beliefs that are domesticated and put into their little heads. And then they grow up. And if they never get rid of them, if they never suffer any kind of an ego death and realize, holy shit, I am not the center of the universe. Life is far more deep than I believe, right? If every single person at some point had to have a death and a rebirth, the world would be totally different. 100%. It doesn't even have to be with the truth. It doesn't even matter. I don't even care. Have an ego death. We talked about this in the first episode or whatever. The second episode. Because we have all these old beliefs and ideologies and broken ones, for that matter. We have had humans raising humans for years that didn't know that don't know anything about human beings. They don't know anything about little kids because they had trauma themselves. So they didn't get to have this comfy, cute little childhood. So when it comes to kids, they might be trying really hard, but they're still traumatizing their kids because they don't know how to raise kids, right? Because they don't even know how to take care of themselves because society has failed them, their their family has failed them, and, and now they're impoverished, and now they're stuck. Or even people who have become successful, you know, even those people's beliefs, even people just middle class, little higher than middle class, like, the people that make a hundred thousand, maybe half a million a year, like those people that that just kind of hang out because they're just they're just genuinely happy, because they don't have too much and they don't have not enough. They have just enough, right? Those people kind of I think have the best view on the world. They're logical about it. They see it. They understand. They're like, I get it. it makes sense to me, right? I'm comfortable, but I'm also still doing things because I have the money. To help out. Not enough people do that. Too many people go too far, and they get they get too much money, and they don't do enough back with it, and therefore, they keep investing it because they want to keep building their wealth. They want to make their brand better. Them, 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 them. Me, 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 me. And that's how we get these humongous brands that are very rich and powerful because we, the people, have empowered them through our hurt our hard-earned money way below the middle happy people because we suppress ourselves by giving our money right up to the rich and we kind of pass these middle people because they're the ones maybe with hard-earned college educated lawyers doctors um goodness i just got really thirsty so Ultimately, I think what has happened is we have not been present enough with ourselves, with the world. We haven't been honest enough with ourselves. Like, it sucks to look at the mirror and go, you fucked up. I fucked up, right? Like, the person in the mirror, you did something that you should not have did. And you knew in your right mind and your right conscience and your soul that it was not right. But you did it anyways. Or you need to admit that you've had childhood trauma and that you didn't get the right kind of love as a kid. And that really, really, really deep inside of you resonated with you. And it has caused you all this internal pain, which now you're inflicting onto other people hoping that it'll go away. You just have to learn life's not all about you. And that you experienced one perspective and view of yourself. And you're realizing that was a really bad feeling. 
that was a really rough childhood. That one really hurt, right? And you express it, and you feel it, and you mourn for that. But now you go, okay, is it still happening? Am I still in that situation? Am I still that little kid, that little boy that's trapped? Am I still that child that's being molested? Am I still, like, you know, poor, poor kid that doesn't have shoes, their feet are freezing in the winter, and they just have to deal with it, and they grow up to be super successful and they're super greedy because they never want to feel that feeling again. So they own a bunch of shoes and socks. People are broken at the top, and people at the bottom are broken too. They don't, they, they have a very skewed vision and you have to decide it's not just about money like yeah i'm not you know i said the money thing that i think kind of like there's perspective but like there are people that that are very happy with just a little bit they make because everything they do they're present about they're aware of themselves they're happy with themselves they understand the world is more than just them and that's again those are hard realizations but when we're talking about covid what i think we saw is division we saw darkness, because what does darkness do? It divides. We saw nasty, nasty, nastiness. We saw many, many people die from more than just COVID, from shootings, from impoverishment, from not having food. Kids, kids. You, you know how many kids we've probably killed? Like, not like we personally, but like the situation of the pandemic has killed thousands, tens of thousands of kids. Look it up. It's sickening. Just because... They didn't have those aspects in school programs. Our kids are getting less education, less brain stimulation. They're getting more addicted to phones. It's awful. It's awful. But with darkness comes light. I believe in that. I don't necessarily mean, like, this angel is going to come down and it's going to save us from... But I just, I mean that within all this darkness, with all this division is what I'm talking about when I say darkness. Because darkness divides. Light unites. So when darkness is present, and light is able to be present as well, that darkness is going to keep every chance it gets. But as long as, the, as long as the light can be there, right? And I think what that light is, is it needs to be courage. We need to stop fearing so much, we do not live in so much fear, anytime you start to feel scared, you need to stop and go, where is this coming from, because we as a human being cannot be scared, we cannot be scared of ourselves, our mind being alone, we cannot be scared, you need to be frightful, people need to fear you, right, and if you don't have that sense of mind, or thoughts, or lifestyle, I'm not saying you need to train to be fearful, but you at least need to have a mind that is going to be where you're in the control. A mind that nothing gets to you because you have your shield up because you take nothing personally. And if it does get to you, you are able to recognize it because you're not letting so many things attach you. If you allow, if you allow one fence post to be knocked down and you have a whole bunch of sheep and one sheep gets through that whole crowd starts going and the whole fence gets knocked down and now you have 
a whole lot of sheep coming towards you because of one fence post, because of one sheep. If you go and you fix that and you go take that sheep back and you show the rest of them you're not getting through because you didn't take it personally, you put it back in its place and you observed it. You, my feelings, what people say to me is on that side of the fence. I control my ranch and my, my land on this side of the fence. And if I want the sheep to come over here, I will go get the sheep and I'll bring it over here and I'll deal with the sheep. We have to be free in our own mind, spirit, and body. You have to be free. Maybe you're not financially free, but you at least have to be free from yourself. Because then that will lead you to wherever you need to be more free. Because you're going to seek freedom. And freedom is not this lie of the American dream of buy a home, take out a mortgage, go get a car lease, work your life for the next 40, 60 years, retire. That's not going to keep happening. Because too many young people are like, I'm not doing that. And people are like, you're lazy. No, no, they're not lazy. They're just not doing it. When time comes, they will stand up. I think, I hope, I hope young people that when the empire falls, we're going to rise and rebuild it. And right now it's crumbling. And it's hard because it's going to affect young people. It's going to affect our kids, especially what keeps coming our way. Preservatives in our food, shots that have very high risk uh, side effects poor knowledge and education, even just on how to raise kids, even just learning just about children, you know, and going like, holy shit, most parents don't know how to talk to their kids, most parents don't know the thought process, most parents don't understand, like, the developmental stages of what their child should be doing at this, at this age, at this month, it's bonkers, bonkers, the only thing that we can do is control ourselves, so the best thing that you can do is speak kind words. Speak kind words. If everybody at least just spoke in a sense of respect and kindness, you don't have to like me, you don't have to agree with me, but you are going to respect me because I am you and you are me, and if I'm going to give you respect, I need to respect that. And ultimately, we should just want everybody to be successful. Because if everybody's successful and everybody's happy, every life you live is going to be beautiful. Even if there's tragedy, we can all just at least work towards finding the light, finding the uniteness in our day. That's where I'm going to leave this. I think this got a little long. I apologize. I don't really have a time limit, I mean, but just be a beautiful soul. Because I think at the core... We all are children, and the more you can heal that child, the more you can learn to love who you are, the happier the rest of the world will be. Because you're, one person's going to impact, just like one person can infect with all these viruses, right? One person can infect three to five people with this virus, or the new one, seven to eight, seven to ten. Yeah, but how many people can affect people by just being kind? We don't know. There's a lot of times when you do a kind act, you don't really, it doesn't, really show if it's reciprocated or not in a kind way. Sometimes we do. Sometimes the most innocent things. Sometimes it's telling somebody, hey, you look cute today. 
I love what you did with your hair, right? Just come, giving somebody that. You have no idea what kind of black magic spell that might break, what that might do, what seeds that might plant. So think about that when you, when you go to interact with people today. And just, hey, do your best. That's all you can do. Today is the last day of your life. If we get another one tomorrow, then that can be your last. But we don't know. So today is the last day. To live that way. Go hug your kids. Tell them that you love them unconditionally. Tell them that no matter what decisions they make in life, as long as it's based off of kindness and love and for the better of all humankind, that decision will be reciprocated and it will be the right decision for them. And that we as parents, all we can do is genuinely love our children for who they are. Stop trying to make your child somebody you want them to be. And look at it more like you just got the coolest surprise egg that you cracked open and you're going to discover what it is. And you're going to support it. You're going to support that child unconditionally no matter what stage it goes to. Even if you think you can see the outcome of it, you're still going to be there. As long as that child is not physically in any type of a harm situation, you support that kid. That kid wants a fucking mohawk. So, you have some pictures of your kid as a child smiling. You know why half these kids don't fucking smile in your pictures? Because you guys don't let them dress themselves. You're so worried about, I need perfection. Yeah, guess what? That kid is perfection. In his or her or their own way. In whatever outfit they feel the most absolute confident in themselves. Stop looking for these, these handed photos and start getting back to who is my child? Who is this little creature that popped out of me or that came out of me at some point or that I adopted or that showed up on my front porch under an umbrella with a stork carrying it in its mouth or that I picked up at the drugstore because they were for sale? Who is this little creature that's living among us? Explore your kids. Use impeccable words with them. They're the hardest. You know why they're the hardest? Because they're the most vulnerable. And then there's honorary. Easier to let that rage go on your child and to say things that you don't really mean and that feel good at the time to let go on your kid than it is your elderly mom or dad or grandma or grandpa. Now, I'm not saying that it's still not possible because people we still lose our cool. But that's where we have to be in control of ourselves. Because when we have those moments of freak out because we are frustrated as adults, as the parents, we're upset with something that happened in our life. And our child is not aware of this. You have to stop and remember that. They don't understand why you're upset. They are going to take it personal at some point because they don't understand. They're going to assume, because they're egocentric, that it's about me. I did this. No matter how much you say it's not, after you say the words, it hurt, that cut deep, that plant horribly prickery seeds in their heads that, that root super fast and hard, those ones hurt. Those are what create adults 
that are out to hurt others. Planning those prickery, nasty roots that just want to suck the life out of any flourishing plant or tree or animal in the forest. They don't care. They don't want to let light in. They want to make it dark. That's where they thrive. Don't do that to kids. Stop doing that to kids. If you don't know how to talk to your child without saying no, don't, stop, good, then go take a parenting class. <laughs> like, for real. And I don't mean that as a threat. I mean that as go educate yourself so that you can better support your kid and be less frustrated. Because if you can learn how to not say good to your child and you can learn how to give them an actual feedback of what they did and why you liked it instead of saying good, the child's going to reciprocate that a lot deeper and they're going to think that you really paid attention because you, you repeated it back to them and you said why you liked it. And that's a big validation for that child is, oh my gosh, my mom, she said that she really liked that I used the color yellow and that made me feel really happy. Like feelings and expressing is all part of children. And if you are going to suppress all that and why are we having so many children? <laughs> because children are colorful, happy beings. They're humans at the core until they get hurt. And then they turn into grumpy, angry, irritable adults. They make really bad choices because they think that life is about money or some other motive because they've been hurt. I feel like that's probably the root to the cause of mankind right now. I'm going to leave everybody with that. Enjoy the rest of your beautiful day. Anything today said is off to do bad shit. Grocery shopping is the name of the game today.